Latino Stories, Historias Latinas, es un podcast que nace del proyecto de narrativas orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio, con entrevistas en español, inglés, and Spanglish. Welcome to Latino Stories. I'm Elena Fallis. My guest today is Rosa Beltré. Afro-Taina Latinx Rosa Beltré is the executive director of the Ohio Alliance to End Sexual Violence. Beltré first joined this organization as the advocacy and training director in July of 2013 before serving as the interim director and ultimately becoming executive director of this organization in 2017. Bienvenida a este episodio, Rosa. Muchas gracias, Elena. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you all. And Rosa, uh, you are an immigrant from the Dominican Republic. Tell me about coming to Ohio. Definitely. So um, I am an immigrant, um, but I was raised in New York City. So mm -hmm. um, then I migrated back again to my country um, and went to high school as well as college in the Dominican Republic. When I married, um, we decided to um, migrate once again to the United States. And there was a temp agency that was hiring. Uh, we were a young couple um, in, in 1996, mm -hmm. and we were like, hey, why not? Let's try something new and different. <laughs> So that company recruited, we had nothing to lose, wanted to get away from New York City, and we landed in Columbus, Ohio. Um, since then, I remember my daughter um, being just a month old when we decided to move to Ohio, and my second born was actually born in Columbus. Oh, wow. So, and then from Columbus, you moved to the Cleveland area. Well, actually, I, after Columbus, I, I lived in Florida. I took a sabbatical and did missions work in Haiti and the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. um, and then went back to Columbus and then to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so I've been in Cleveland for the past 15 years now. Right. So you and I have a similar story in, in, in that Ohio keeps bringing us back. I've moved away it from does. Ohio a couple of times and, <laughs> and here I am again. <laughs> um, Rosa, you have a background as an ordained minister and are deeply active in your faith community. How does this inform your work with people experiencing sexual violence or with survivors? That's a wonderful question, right? Because sometimes we tend to um, disassociate mm -hmm. um, our values or our faith from our jobs. Um, I am a servant leader. That's my leadership style. Mm -hmm. My values and my faith actually determine the way that I walk and navigate in this space, any space. Mm -hmm. It's the way I show up. It's who I am. Indistinctively of the title of um, ordained minister for any particular religious organization, but it's just the core values of mm -hmm. um, empathy and love and understanding and those dynamics. So that is what actually um, actually helps me craft 
my work. In the aspect of sexual violence, um, we have to recognize that there's a lot of harm that the church in general, not the faith, right? Mm -hmm. The, The church as an organization, as an institution, as a system has done um, a lot of harm Mm -hmm. to survivors of sexual violence. We also have to recognize that that is done in the construct of any system, um, that there's a lot of layers of oppression, that there are a lot of topics that um, we tend to not speak about, especially within the Latinx community, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, that when we're talking about sexual violence, um, it, it's actually more amplified uh, in the sense of it's a secret. We don't talk about it because there's a lot within our personal culture and histories about incest, right? And utilizing sexual violence, sexual assault as a weapon uh, of war. Um, so it's about, shh, no hables de eso. De eso no se habla, right? right um, so. Right. Um, and, and, and those dynamics, but, but what I try to bring in distinctively is within my titles or my involvement within the faith-based community is that it happens within our pews, right? That sexual violence is about oppression. It's about power and dynamic. It has nothing to do about sexuality. Mm -hmm. It is about how can we disconstruct those norms that have existed for such a long period of time, how can we empower others to find and navigate through their own healing process and journeys? How can we bridge the gap within the fields of advocacy, law enforcement, faith-based communities, right? And Mm -hmm. respect wherever people find themselves in, right? So within the faith-based community, people rely a lot on their gods or the higher power, right, to mm-hmm. find ways of navigating and coming through, right? And mm-hmm. as advocates are in this field, one thing, I could still hold you accountable with love, right, whoever did that damage, but I also have to respect where the survivor is at. So where are you as a survivor? What is it that you want to be done or seen or how is it that after um, maybe the statute of limitation expiring, or if you are leaving your country and coming to the state because you want to be free mm-hmm. um, or liberated from your oppression and your victimization, how can we help you navigate those things? And, and, and people can have multiple truths about the ways that they are feeling. So that's how I bring my my ministry, my activeness within my faith-based community. It's about centering once again about ama tu prójimo como ti mismo. Right, right. Uh, Rosa, Ohio Alliance to End Sexual Violence sees preventing and responding to sexual violence within a human rights framework. And it does this by its commitment to addressing the root causes of sexual violence in is in in and it is an organization that is survivor focused. Tell me about the work of your organization and your role in leading it. Thank you. So every state um, has a federally designated statewide coalition. That is what we are. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we have the designation of, of a training and technical assistant provider, which means that we are experts in the matter of sexual violence and the multi-facets of what prevention can look like from an outer layer perspective as well as internally. And the roles that we all have in intervening, but also in preventing harm from occurring. Mm -hmm. um, so that designation allows us to work in multifaceted layers with statewide agencies, with governments, but also we are the ones um, that are um, bestowed the responsibility of creating standards of operation or what we call our court standards, which is what does every rape crisis center within the state of Ohio need to have or accomplish or do in order for them to receive the designation of a rape crisis center? Mm -hmm. So we create those court standards. We train on those court standards. We train on what advocacy needs to look like, both at hospital accompaniment as well as um, legal accompaniment. And mostly the coalitions do the work at, at what we call the macro level. We also work with colleges, universities mm -hmm. as we're coming in. Um, and in most cases, the coalitions don't do the direct service, right? The direct service of, oh, we're going to go ahead and send an advocate. They're going to do the hospital accompaniment. But we in Ohio have the unique um, sense of direct services as well, which is that we recognize that Ohio is large. It is unique. It is also um, divided and segmented in regions. There are 88 counties. We currently only have 35 rape crisis centers. Mm. Um, we, there are 12 um, current counties of the 88 that don't have a local rape crisis center within a 30-mile radius. So our coalition... Um, is able to go ahead because of the funding and sustainability and the way that we are structured um, to provide direct services and advocacy to those 12 counties that don't have a local rape crisis center, whether it is assigning an attorney to a case when it is needed. It is also having a panel of attorneys for other high-profile cases or cases where um, the local rape crisis center in the area cannot provide them with the local services. We also do all of the public policy and heavy lifting, which is not lobbying. It's actually just engaging in conversation and educating our lawmakers on what are the things that are actually impacting mm -hmm. survivors within the state of Ohio. And it's then being able to certify that the local rape crisis centers are meeting those court standards mm -hmm. in the way of accessibility, training, being up to date, and also um, engaging diversity and inclusion, no exception that when we say we serve all survivors, it means all survivors, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. also advocating for the funding that is needed. So that's, that's the work of the, of the State Work Coalition. We also um, work in collaboration with the Forensic Nurses Association, where in the hospital, every hospital in Ohio, um, through their emergency room, should have trained nurses or doctors that are able to do what we call the rape kit or rape exam, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's a chain of command in reference to that. 
So we sit at that board, we talk about accessibility, what is needed, and we are able to do that with a trauma-informed and survivor-centered lens, which is extremely important. Okay, great. So, uh, Rosa, I know that the this coalition or this, you know, organization uh, serves all communities, but in what ways do you work with the Latino, Latina, Latinx community through this organization what are the challenges our community faces when it comes to, you know, addressing sexual violence or caring for survivors? And I know earlier you mentioned, you know, this cultural um, barriers that, you know, many uh, vi victims or survivors might have, right, in terms of like disclosing or talking about it. Mm -hmm. uh, we are um, conditioned or encouraged to not talk about the, those kinds of things, right? Um, so so tell me how you, you work with the Latinx community uh, to navigate this, this, um, you know, these issues. Definitely. So th the issue, not only with the Latinx community, but any marginalized, underserved, underrepresented community mm -hmm. normally faces the same challenges, right? So by whole, sexual violence in the nation, in the state is the most underreported crime in the mm -hmm. United States. Right. But then we have other layers. Once again, we have language barriers, right? We mm -hmm. also have um, the rapport with law enforcement or the immigration status of our population. Um, then we have all of these social construct and misinterpretation of what our rights and laws and accessibility should be indistinctively of where people are. So with the Latinx community, because again, I'm an Afro-Taina Latina, mm -hmm. it would be impossible to not hurt or advocate for my own people. So one of the things that we do is uh, we, we do training in Spanish um, for our Latinx community. In the Columbus area, we work very closely with the Hispanic Coalition um, and other organizations that are community-based organizations serving the communities um, because of the ability of recognizing the harm that is done within the faith-based community and being able to also talk from the perspective of, hey, sexual assault through the eyes of the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> we are also able to go ahead and train a lot of our faith-based communities on recognizing what their roles and responsibilities are as mandated reporters, especially for minors or children, right? How to recognize that one thing is them taking care of the spiritual part of the people, and the other component is that they are not counselors, right, um, or social workers in most cases, and that they have a responsibility to go ahead and recognize the sign and to prevent any harm from continuing to foster. Um, we help with translations as well as interpretations of materials when needed. Um, and we also are part of the Women of Color Caucus within mm -hmm. the state of Ohio, mm -hmm. where we have a gamma of advocates, preventionists um, that are also Latinx, that working very diligently with our population, especially with other organizational-based communities and the farm workers and migrants mm -hmm. is very important, right? So also talking about what are your rights, what are your law, and those organizations are OLA, 
um, and so many others, um, and, and, and farm workers with Monica Ramirez, and mm-hmm. just right. people recognizing what, what can they do, right? And also having a model which we use in ALAS. ALAS is the uh, um, Association of Latinas Advocates mm-hmm. statewide. Um, and with ALAS, it's also talking about our form of, this is about being compadres or comadres, right? So mm-hmm. it, it is much more than this structure, but are you selling Avon or are, are you at the Michoacana and can I recognize, oh, podemos hablar de esto? Right. Okay, how important it is, right? Or, mm-hmm. or can we lock our eyes and see where you're coming from um, and, and being able to sense that you might be in a very difficult situation? Because the reality is that people also confuse a lot of sexual violence with domestic violence and other forms mm-hmm. of oppression. And they are, they do intertwine, but there are different and distinct, right? So you can be a survivor of domestic violence and within your domestic violence and interpersonal relationship with your couple, you can still be raped Mm -hmm. (laughs) or you could still be a victim of sexual violence, right? Or sexual assault or with your boyfriend or girlfriend or your couple. Right. But you can be a standalone sexual assault survivor and not experience any of that. So it might have been an encounter that there were no financial hindrance or physical damage or strangulation that you were violated. Or mm-hmm. you might be a victim of sexual harassment, right, right. in the workplace. So you are working in the fields and in lieu of payment, you are now a victim of human trafficking and slavery. Right. Those are components of sexual violence, right? So how can we have these conversations with our community in safe spaces that people also build trust that it's not about oh you have to file a report or you have to deal with law enforcement when them no tengo papeles mm-hmm. how am i gonna do right all of that so helping them navigate and understanding their rights and distinctively of their legal status but building the report and how can we mm-hmm. help our local organizations also build the report with their local Latinx community. So that's how we engage with the community. And we translate a lot of our modules as well as our, our manuals for right. prevention and, and advocacy. Yeah, that's what um, I was going to ask you. If you have, um, you know, outreach and educational opportunities for our community that, that are specifically in Spanish and, and, yeah. and you do. Okay. Great. Um, Rosa, how can the rest of us support your work, the organization, or this need, you know, to continue to advocate, advocate within our cities, especially reach those counties that haven't been, you know, reached um, in terms of creating a local, you know, uh, crisis um, office? Um, How do we how can we help? uh, In what ways can we support you? in the organization. Mm-hmm. So the, we are all affected by sexual violence. Mm-hmm. We have to remove the stigma mm-hmm. in any community, any layers that you are, any one of us can be a survivor of sexual violence. So the way that we need help is by the rest of the members of our community, indistinctively of your educational level or your work or your status, that we can start 
amplifying the voices of survivors, that we can be able to recognize that within our very own, this is happening, that we are able to remove the shame. We need professional volunteers. Um, if you have a trait, um, we would love for you to be a part. If you are an immigrant attorney, contact us. If you are in a campus, a college, or working with students, um, whether they're foreign or local, contact us. Um, if you have an opportunity where we could have a table and mm -hmm. outing, we would love to be there to support, to educate. If you have a case, refer. Um, because the more that we talk about it, mm -hmm. the more that we can empower others so that it is not um, involved with shame and guilt, because that's, right. that's what it is, right? So if I, if I continue to mitigate, ay, eso le pasa a cualquiera, ahora ya tú vas a hablar de, you're going to talk about X, Y, Z. And here you go again, right, with your soft story. What we do is that we, we um, go ahead and put fear on people. We shut them down. And people never talk about that. But if we if we can elevate the voices of those that are suffering, even if they are not me, and start short, uh, sharing our stories and start uh, taking away this fear and this shame, we can all be catalysts of change. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need. We need ambassadors, catalysts of change. We need uh, communities, time, talent, and treasures because we're still a nonprofit organization right mm -hmm. so if people want to volunteer with their time talent and treasure please reach out you could go to our website www.oesv.org um, you could invite us for your conferences or workshops or as i mentioned activities mm -hmm. within your local communities and we would be more than happy to be there, ensuring that you have the support and the trinkets that you need and that we are able to do the community outreach that is needed. Great, great. Rosa, uh, is there anything else you would like to say about um, any future initiatives or um, any plans uh, for the upcoming, you know, uh, semester, rest of the year um, if, with your organization? Definitely. So we're entering into our third quarter. We do have a fundraising a fundraiser coming up, mm -hmm. and that is September 18th. It is called Shine the Light. We are we would love for people to participate. Um, you could go once again to www.oaesb.org. You could purchase a ticket. It will be virtual this year because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, we you can um, we'll have Tony Porter. Um, and it would be addressing engaging men in this field because that's another layer that not, mm -hmm. not every man is a perpetrator of violence, right? right? So how can we engage with men for them to walk alongside us and help us prevent as well as eradicate sexual violence in our state? So tickets are uh, low cost. You'll have a great time. We'll send you a nice package. It would be virtual, an hour and a half of your time on, on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, people can also become members of the organization. For the students, it's a very low fee of $35. We have membership um, of $50 or more if you want to be an agency, but that gives you the ability of participating in all of our trainings. When mm -hmm. I say that we're a training and technical assistance provider, um, 
that means a lot. So mm-hmm. we have over 125 trainings a year. We have virtual modules. We have hybrid. We have in-person. We have trainings about anti-oppression. Um, within the history of the movement, we, we talk about advocacy. We have a statewide annual conference that people would be able to participate. So we would love to see you there, become a member, get engaged, be a part Um, and be part of the solution. Great. Rosa, muchas gracias por esta conversación. Gracias a ti. Fue un placer. Thank you all for having us. And I um, hope to hear from many of your audience in the future and happy to respond to any questions that those come aboard. Elena, thank you for all you do. Absolutely. Thanks. A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima. 